no amount of money would I exchange to have one of my employees come back to me and say, because of the things I've learned, my family life has gotten better. Because of the things I've learned, I wake up and I finally, I kiss my kids before I come to work. And that changes the way I come to work now. The fact that I want to wake up and see my family first and go to go to my work second, whereas before it was I want to wake up and get out of my house and go straight to work because I don't want to see my family has changed the way that my, my, my whole life has, has become. Those stories are invaluable to me. Welcome to episode 17 of the Coaching Life Podcast. You've probably heard some variation of the mantra, if you're going to do anything in life, have fun doing it. And a couple of years ago, I was fortunate enough to spend a day with today's guest, simply following him around to witness a day in his life, what a typical day in his life was like. And it seemed, well, this guy just goes around helping people, helping people in his business, Um, serving people, talking with them, and having fun doing that. It was marvellous to to witness. He's certainly an advocate of the not-so-serious life. You know, I think uh, Steve Chandler and Jason Goldberg's show might well be based on this guy's life, actually. (laughs) Um, And I know he doesn't take himself particularly seriously, yet he's also very enthusiastic, um, has this wonderful enthusiasm for a deeper understanding of life and its spiritual mysteries, if you like. We've spent many evenings in a coaching school we were at together, mesmerized and giggling at his magic and party tricks, as well as having some amazing discussions about life, the universe and everything, topped off with a few so-fucking-what moments. He owns and runs restaurants, he's a published author, he coaches, he works at a recovery centre, he's a husband and a father. And he's also, almost annoyingly actually, just about the coolest guy I've ever met. (laughs) And I wanted to get him on the show because I really love his uncomplicated way of serving and helping people, and how he manages to have so much fun doing just that. So... A big welcome to you today, Amir Karkuti. Hello. Wow, that was an intro that I wish I could copy. Oh, I, I can use it because that's incredible. <laughs> what a cool, simple intro that just really melted my heart. And I have to say my favorite part of that right now is when you said, Father, I am loving being a father. It's oh, the beautiful. funnest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Yeah, just I, I whenever anybody talks to me about parenthood, to I me mean, my, my boy's twenty six. I say it's like probably the most challenging and rewarding thing that, that anyone anyone can do. Yeah, I finally I finally get that. And uh luckily the rewards are bigger than the challenges right now. I'm sure that'll that'll change, but I'm enjoying it. So it looks to me, Amir, um when we first met, which was at a coaching event in December twenty thirteen like pretty much everybody in that room I think it was a case of right yeah I'm going to be a coach and going for it big time and yeah I get the impression that I'm not going to say it hasn't turned out that way but it's just it probably looks differently to you and therefore is differently for you so I'd love to know perhaps in two parts what got you in that room tell us a little bit about you know what really 
uh, piqued your interest in coaching and and what yeah what what took you into that room where we met and then we'll talk a bit about a, a bit about what's happened since sure yeah i've been <clears throat> i've been unsuccessfully coaching for many years uh, i used to do uh, hypnotherapy for a while uh, i did a couple public speaking events but i was never good at the coaching part of enrolling coaches so when i found a uh a group that teaches coaches how to enroll I was in and uh, and I had probably the best times I've had especially meeting people like you and some of my other friends that have become longtime friends but one thing while I while I was in those when we we're in sort of speaking classes was the going all in you know and it's something probably that I needed to hear because I needed to experience how it was to be a professional coach as, as we were taught and so as soon as uh, you know, our group ended, I went back and literally every single person I saw, I saw as a way that I saw them as someone I could either help or coach or serve. And I won't go into too much detail with that outside of that. That became more important than living life, friendship and connection. And it kind of, my life got a little bit muddled because I thought connection meant me going and diving deep with them and figuring out what they need in their life in that moment. And a lot of times what they needed was a, to grab a beer and hang out. And I was so busy trying to find a way to enroll them that I didn't see that. So that was my life for a very long time um, to a point where I lost a few friends. Um, you know, I lost, I lost myself in this whole, whole game. And uh, man, it's, it's good to be back to, to enjoying coaching when it when it occurs me to do and enjoy life when that occurs to happen as well and now I can't tell the difference between when I'm enrolling and coaching and just living life because people can see the my realness or my goodness the authenticity that I was trying to get that I'm now realizing that is included in us when we just get out of our own way so uh, beautiful yeah because you know I think um that is really what what's taught there is <clears throat> be you whatever that means I mean, we could we could have a deeper discussion about that but essentially um just just showing up being you helping people and being authentic and yet you can't like deliberately be authentic you know and again this has nothing to do in my opinion of my my coaches or people that have trained me all the coaches and trainers that I've had in my life have been so impactful for me and I needed it for the moment that I was where I was at, right? So I still recommend all my coaches to to my former clients, people that may need a, you know, if they want to grow their coaching practice, I would still recommend everyone that I've used. However, I when I heard BU in my groups, it sounded like a very heavy BU, like it was very military in my head. Like I had to figure out how to be me, whereas now I've realized being you, it, it, it's just softer. It's just, oh, yeah, just go be you. Like, okay, it's very, it's a very fleeting thought. It's not something I need to go look for now because I was looking for me to be me, and it's, uh, it wasn't working out too well because I didn't know where to look. And in, interestingly enough, when you stop looking, like I always say, it's like my dad – it's like him saying, I need to find my glasses and very being very powerful about that and realizing it's been on his head the whole time. And that's that's how coaching became for me. It 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 superseded life. Like my 
belief around what coaching looked like covered what life can give us already. And I felt it inside. It felt imbalanced. But you know what? That imbalance is something that I need to work on. And now I need deep work on it. And then like every single thing that was pointing towards, hey, you're doing it wrong or differently to me was a learning lesson or a way to even empower myself more to cover those feelings instead of me going, wait a minute, I should probably listen to that voice. And so for a very long time, the thing that I was trying to help others with, I was the one that I needed that needed that help first. And I covered it as a way of using it as a way, as a tool to, um, how would I put it? My, my way of showing up, I would say even inhuman, you know, was a way to, was a selling point for others uh, to see that what I was doing is right, even though it felt um, imbalanced for me. I don't know if that makes sense at all. I'm trying to, I'm trying to go back and think what was not making sense for me back then. Yeah, I'm curious about that. I'll come back to that, I think, because, um, but I, I, I just want to say as well, I mean, I, I've got no regrets and I would recommend as you've said, all the coaches and the training that I've been through. And I think I'm, I'm, I do want to make it clear actually here that I, I can see how at the time I was misinterpreting a lot of what was being taught. So I'm not saying that what they're, what some of these guys are teaching was, um, not helpful. In fact, it is helpful. It's just, that it's certainly taken me a while to actually really get that. As you've said beautifully, what does it mean to just be me instead of trying to be, me is like well we just allow ourselves to be me we're not trying to be somebody we're not even trying to be ourselves and that's then who appears when we're not trying to be ourselves is indeed us yeah and it almost becomes irrelevant yeah. because if if you can be okay where you're at with whatever you are being then it's irrelevant of of trying to be someone, whatever that is I mean and again like you said yeah a lot of it was misinterpretation but that's because I came in with the idea that someone else is going to be my savior. Someone else is going to figure this out for me and however that's going to look. And so I probably took a lot of things. Um, I probably misquoted them in my head for most of it. But I see a lot of coaches doing that, though, interestingly enough. You know, I see a lot of coaches that, you know, I see them like, you know, what, wherever they go, whatever, whatever style or modality they learn this idea, you know, I, I just spoke to someone recently, a beautiful coach who is a mother of four, who spends so much time doing things, you know, to make sure the kids are okay, the family's okay. And like me then goes, and I also have to make my 30 phone calls a day. And I also, you know, wow, this person just wrote a blog about their having, you know, they're 30 people just signed up for their thing and they're sold out now. So why, why am I not being, being able to do that? And they don't realize how much they're already doing right now it may not be in coaching, but they're doing a lot in life. And, and that's how I felt. I, I was, I was running a, you know, multimillion dollar restaurant business. I was getting married. I was, you know, creating a life for me, but all that I put aside because I didn't have that one coaching client that, that I called today and they said, you know, they were a no. And I went, this is, this is very strange because that had so much more meaning to me than being in life with my wife, 
my 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 fiance at the time and my you know the house that I've built and the restaurants that I've built and the employees that that so so need me that I dismissed because the coach that was on the other side was more important than the employees that have worked for me for many years. So beautiful. So was there um did you just wake up one morning and and see something new? Yeah, I did. Um it was it was with a CEO that was talking about the life that she wanted and she didn't realize what she had what she's missing because the life she wanted looked so much different than what she what she had which was way better to me like she had a beautiful family a, an incredible job she loved every aspect of it but the one thing she, you know, she wanted to also, on top of everything she had, wanted to be a coach. And like me, she wanted to give everything up to do this, like like this coaching mecca thing. Like everyone gets this idea that coaching is the end all. And I looked at her life and I went, I wanted to just grab her by the throat and just shake her and say, what are you doing? And, you know, I didn't do, do that. That would be, you know, <laughs> I used to do that in my coaching. I don't do that anymore. But however, I realized She's talking about me. It was almost like they set her up to to sit there and say to me, like, surprise, I'm not talking about me. I just, you know, you got punked. We did this to show you that your life is great. You're missing it because you're too busy trying to be this coach that, uh, that, you, that you perceive as the end all. And that woke me up. And that, that, that changed it for me because I realized that, that when, we, when we slow down back to life, there's a lot. There's a lot that we, you know, if you're sitting, this is how, how I would say it. It's, um, I'm sitting in a train and I'm walking like down the aisle waiting for the train to get somewhere. Whereas if I just sat down on the train and looked out, I would be able to see where I'm going and it would take me there anyway. But I was so busy waiting, you know, so busy like marching in the train. Like when is it going to get there? What am I going to see the most beautiful stuff? Eventually, I got there and I missed the whole ride. And that's what I feel like I was doing. I was so caught up with this coaching thing that I missed the ride of life. I missed stopping for a minute and looking at my wife, looking at my employees, looking at my job, looking at my family, looking at the walk that I'm going on because I couldn't even go on a walk without me going in my head going, right, um, okay, today when I get on the call, I gotta, I, after 30 minutes, I got to say this thing before they you know, say no. And I went, what am I doing? This is insane. It's absolutely insane. What the hell is going on? And so she made me see the craziness that she's seeing in herself that I saw in me. And that was when I said, okay, holy shit, I got to chill out. And interestingly enough, interestingly enough, right after that conversation, by default, I started to get people interested in my coaching even more. Now, I don't want this to be looked at as an, okay, slow down. So, cause that became a strategy for yeah. a little bit then. Oh, I got it. <laughs> Not so having a strategy just, becomes a strategy. Yeah, right. It's like, because it's kind of like beginner's luck, right? The first time I actually did life without trying to do life, things started to happen. So I went reverse and said, oh, I got to figure out what I did. And I went right back to the same loop again. And it's, 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 it's fascinating. I don't know if you, you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I do remember a piece you writing in one of the Facebook groups actually about realizing 
and I'm sure it's related to all that you've just said, realizing that you already had clients that you could be coaching in your mm. business. What, what, what happened with that? Yeah, my, my, the title was how to get, I think, 34 clients in less than 24 hours, I believe. I think it was something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, this goes, this goes with what we're just talking about or what I was just talking about before is uh, I thought a coaching client was someone that I needed to spend two hours with, enroll them, do my like shtick that I did, like give them a book or offer them a CD or an audio first and then have them sit down and tell them that, you know, this two hours is about them and your life is going to get blown away with what I'm going to teach them. So I went around looking for that. And a lot of it was, you know, people I would meet on, you know, wherever I met them. And then as soon as I met him, it was, you know, getting him into that kind of idea or funnel, so to speak, that was in my head. What I didn't realize is I spent so much time looking for coaches that one day one of my employees was like, what do you do when you go like to LA or you go to Washington or you go wherever you go? What do you do? I go, oh, I do. I, you know, I go to coaching seminars and they're like, well, what do you, what do, what do they learn? What do you learn there? I said, oh, I learn about, you know, how to be the best you and be authentic and this and that. And my employee, it was my manager said, oh, that's great. When are you going to show us this stuff? <laughs> and that was it for me. I went, oh my God, what have I done? I've spent so much time trying to help everybody else. And here I was, the business that provided me to go to these events, this business that provided me the money to go have coaching and live the life that I want as a coach is the same people that I've dismissed so I can help somebody somewhere else. And I just, it, it, it's, it, it's like the, you know, the, the coach, the, it's just like baseball or like, you know, the, the, the parent that helps the softball or baseball team, but never hangs out with his own kids because yeah. he's too busy coaching other kids. That's who I was. That's what I did. I started, you know, wanting to coach everybody else except the people. And when I say coaching, I mean, sharing what I know. Because that's all it is. is It's not a, I need to coach you. It's, hey, I'm, I've, I've spent a lot of time investing in myself. I've spent a lot of time with some very impactful people that I've spent a lot of time investing in themselves. And they have things to share to, for me. And I should probably share this with you because I think it's been very valuable. Right? That's a different conversation. And because I didn't see it that way and I saw, you know, well, my clients aren't going to pay me. I mean, my coach, uh, my, my employees aren't going to pay me. So technically, they're not going to be my coaching clients. Because if they're not paying me, then surely that's not a coaching client. And I can't go on Facebook and tell people, by the way, I just signed up a $20,000 client because, you know, I can't do that with my, my employees. So it wasn't going to be as exciting to write on Facebook. But well, I'll tell you what, though. Sharing to them what, I've, what I know as a, as a coach and what I've learned. No amount of money would I exchange to have one of my employees come back to me and say, because of the things I've learned, my family life has gotten better. Because of the things I've learned, I wake up and I finally, I kiss my kids before I come to work. And that changes the way I come to work now. The fact that I want to wake up and see my family first and go to, go to my work second, whereas before it was I want to wake up and get out of my house and go straight to work because I don't want to see my family, has changed the way that my, my, my whole life has, has become. Those stories are invaluable to me. 
those stories, no amount of money would I exchange for that now. And I didn't see it. And it was right in front of my eyes. So for the people that are listening that are in a job, okay, don't forget that that is the space that is allowing you to spend time in a, in a community, spend time with your coaches, spend time in the programs that you've invested, the place that you're at. So don't rush to get out of it because what will end up happening, what I realized is when I spent time just trying to be a coach, that in of itself was a lot of work. Like trying to have a full practice is no joke. What I actually realized, that was a lot more work than my restaurant business. And a restaurant business is no easy feat, I'll tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. But don't get fooled to think that this glamorous restaurant, I mean, glamorous coaching life is you just make a f- couple phone calls and you're going to have, you know, like the ultimate coach have a $150,000 client just by having conversations. There are some people that are coaches that are rock stars in this field. And I understand, just like there are musicians that are rock stars. But there's a lot more of us that just want to have a couple clients, just want to be able to pick up the guitar and just play a couple tunes, Yeah. right? And it's a different conversation if you want to become a professional singer, right? It's, a, it's just a different conversation. And I just realized for me that I like being able to play a couple tunes and have, li- have fun in life. And that's for me though, you know? That's beautiful. It feels like you got your life back. Oh, that's the way. I mean, you just said it. That's 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 it in a nutshell. I just got my life back, and that's good enough for me. So, um, what does it look like now? What does what does coaching for you look like now? If you came as you did, come over here. Um, coaching, you know, when I've made it, you know, I have I have a few clients now. I work at a recovery center, and. Coaching now, if you come and see me, you would know you wouldn't know when I'm coaching and when I'm in life. That's what it looks like now. And that's you know, both my inside feels good because I wake up and I just go back to what life looks like. And it's like kind of like if you're like you ask me, like what does friendship to you look like now? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I you know, I before this dialogue the first thing I asked you is when are you coming to San Diego, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen you in a while. I miss you. And, you know, and when you come here, we go to lunch, we have fun, and things happen organically. And friendship isn't something that you say in the beginning of the conversation. You don't come down and go, all right, Phil, you're here. We're going to be friends for a couple weeks until you leave. Friendship is what happens organically. But why do we think with coaching we got to go, okay, now I got to be in coach mode. You wouldn't do that with your friends. You wouldn't do that with your wife. You, you don't go, oh, Phil, I got to go. I got to be in husband mode because my wife is here. We don't do that with anything else in our life. Oh, my dog is here. I got to be a pet owner now. I Oh, you know, my employee's here. I got to be a manager now. At least I don't do that. It relieves me for me now being able to show up with, again, this is starting to sound like a coach, you know, show up being me, but a different me, the me that just shows up and to a point where being me is irrelevant now. I just show up, whatever that means. And a lot of it is if it occurs to me to have a conversation, then it happens. If it occurs to someone to ask, oh, you're a coach, what does that mean? Then I'll have a dialogue about it. There is no, you know, at the end of it, oh, you know what, should I have given them an audio or video? Should I tell them another? It happens that if they want to know more, they will. You know, if, if, if you want to have lunch again with me, you will. 
You know, if my wife wants to go to the park with me, she will. I don't have to coerce her into it. And it's kind of cool. So I think that perhaps the, I don't know, a trick or an art around that is um, that people want to get paid for those kind of conversations. Yeah. So I guess the equivalent of that is, is yeah, we're going we, we're, we're gonna to hang out for a while. I'll come to San Diego. We'll, we'll hang out for a while. But after half the day, I'm going to ask you, Amir, do you, do you want to carry on hanging out as friends? Because if you do, then you need to give me 10 grand. Right. Right. Wow. That's a great way to put it. Right. Now, right off the bat, I mean, this is a great, great conversation. That's not a real friendship to me. Right. That's not a real friendship. That's not a real connection. That's not real loving. But why, when in a coaching context, we do that, is it, it is loving. It is the way we connect. It is showing that we're serving them 100%. Right. And it's in it to me. And again, this is not. Then the question becomes, and how do we charge clients? And if that's the case, how do we do that, right? Because if it's it, now, it's almost like, well, then when do we have that conversation? When is it loving or all that? And I don't know. I don't know how to answer that, really. I mean, th- I will tell you, though, that when I do come in with friends and we have such a good time, it will occur to them to want to hang out more often because that's what it is. What I've what I've seen is with you know clients, coaching clients, they will be the first to say, "Hey, I want to do this more often. I don't want to do this for free. Let, you know, let's put something together so it's useful for both of us because now they feel like they're part of the solution. They're part of this connection. So it would make sense for them to want to give what they can back in this kind of relationship." Just like if, let's say that you and I went to breakfast one morning, because you're my close friend, it would make sense the next day for you to go, you know what, you got my breakfast yesterday, let me give you something back. Not because you have to or you're obligated, because now our relationship has been created out of love, out of a bond. And in that relationship, we will go and give ourselves back and forth. My coaching was very one-sided. I, a lot of times, had to coerce or show them the value and then get money out of them. And you know what? A lot of times they look back and said, I'm glad you did that. It was worth it because you're, you know, my coaching I think is pretty good. So it was worth it, you know, but I don't want to be in that predicament anymore where I have to prove myself until they look back and go, man, it was worth it. Wow. This, this guy is doing, he's doing it right. And it was worth the 10 grand I gave him. I want them to come back from the beginning and go, I want to give this to you because I love what you do. I love you. I want to connect with you. And right now, I'm in a situation that money is the only way I can say to you, look, I want to I want to have this being an equal playing field. So going – I know I'm talking a lot, but this is very important. With that kind of mindset, then it doesn't – it's not about a $10,000 client or a big ticket client. It's whatever – feels right for both of us now. So now I have clients that give me zero dollars at the recovery center to five dollars to ten dollars to let's go let's go to the park. You know what? You going on a walk with me, you spending time with me is enough for me to share what I know. Now it's not about the money. And of course it doesn't look glamorous on Facebook if I said I had a two mile client today that I walked two miles with and that was his fee. You know, a $10,000 client sounds a lot cooler than a, a, you know, walking two miles with a client. And eventually, you know, the ones that are what we call the ones that pay you a lot, they show up in the mix. 
but it's not what I'm looking for anymore. The big ticket doesn't impress me anymore. It doesn't excite me anymore. So that's just me, though. Again, that's that's me. So I'm going to play a little devil's advocate, if you like, here. Sure. So there may be listeners here thinking, well, okay. <laughs> I'm already catching and laughing at myself because this is like a real, I'm going to say it, it's a real victim mentality statement anyway, right from the off, whenever we catch somebody saying, well, it's all right for you. But anyway, I'll, I'll run with it. So, Amir, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right for you. You have uh, another business supporting your coaching venture. What about me, who is desperate to make a living by coaching? Right. And the fact that you said you are desperate is why a lot of times we are where we're at. My restaurants didn't come out of desperation. It came out of, of a lot of hard work, a lot of excitement, a lot of desperate moments sometimes, but I didn't go into my restaurants from a desperation standpoint. And I see that a lot with coaches, right? Is, well, it's easy for you and in any business, right? It's easy for you. Um, you have a restaurant. It's easy for you because you have a lot of coaching clients. No, I have a lot of coaching clients because I've made it easy for me in life. I have a successful restaurant because I've made life easy for me. And out of the easiness, and when I say easiness, I'm not saying that there are no times of struggle. What I'm saying is that there was a spark when I started, but a lot of it had to do with just being woken up in life and enjoying and doing what I want to do. And out of those things, things started to occur. When I looked back, I started to make up ideas and theories of how it started, right? That's what a lot of people do. Things happen because they just are excited to do it. And then they go back and make up, oh, it took skill set. It took dedication, 10,000 hours of this and that. And maybe that was part of it, but that's not what it originally did. Looking back, that was part of the ingredients. But I assure you, for, for me, I can, and I'm, again, I'm speaking for myself because there's a lot of people that do it differently. But what I've realized, and we said this before this call, is that if you do what you enjoy, you will enjoy what you do, right? That was what we said before this call, and I said that would be a great title for this. I did what I enjoyed. I wanted to start something with my brother. It was a family business. We were you know, getting our foot off the ground when, we're, when we first moved here. It was enjoyable, right? And I enjoyed what I did. Now – Coaching, on the other hand, and that and that that in of itself is very important to know. Just because you do what you enjoy doesn't mean you become successful at it. But it sure is funner to do what you enjoy and become unsuccessful than do what you don't enjoy and become successful. Because that's where I see a lot of coaches. They're very there's a lot of successful unhappy coaches because they finally got where they're at. But man, are they unhappy as hell? Yeah. So. If you're desperate to be a coach, then go find something else that doesn't make you desperate. Find something else that you're not desperate to do because you will have a lot more fun at that. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, and it's really out of having that fun. I, I mean, I, the opportunities we see are filtered based on like where we are at energetically. If I am desperate then I'm not going to necessarily see the same kind of opportunities as if I'm having fun. I'm lighthearted. I'm dancing through life. 
Yeah. You you invested. I know you've invested quite a lot of money on your on your journey. Um, how would you describe you as a client? What kind of client are you? <clears throat> you know, that's a good question. Um, what kind of client am I? I'm a very, when it comes to being a client, wow, that's a really cool question. You know, with the coaches that I invested in, I am very, I go all, I do go all in. I like to hear if I'm going to sit there and, you know, hire someone, I want to get into their worldview. I want to see what they're all about. And it allows me to, you know, allows me to play the part at times and it's enjoyable. Now, you know, if you would have asked me what kind of client I was a couple years ago, I would say I'm a client that will jump when you tell me, you know, do what I need to do to get, you know, to the next level and all that stuff. But now what kind of client I am is that I can enjoy the game as long as I know it's a game. So if it occurs to me to have to go in 100%, I kind of know it's a game now, so I'll play the 100% game. Whereas before, I thought it was real. (laughs) Like, this is real. This is life or death. And the kind of client I am now is I get to be a client with anybody and playing the game and get something out of the game, and it's and I can start the new game without quarters. It's never a game over. And what what is fun about that is that now my 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 child, my daughter can be my coach because I can play in that game. My wife becomes my coach. I can play in that game. The learnings at my restaurant have become my coach, you know, because I can play in that game. The mailman that comes in chats with me for a minute or you know the 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 whoever in my life that shows up has something to offer now and that's the game that's been different for me now now I'm the client I'm a client to the world I'm a client with any everything now it's become a different conversation whereas before a you know a client can only be a client with the coach that's known or understands life or you know took 10 things, 10 courses that I did in or whatever. And that that's a different game. That's a different opportunity. Now, why that is really important now for me is that if I can be a client to the world, then I can also be a coach to the world. And that is when you have ultimate freedom of connecting and finding clients into the world. But if you cannot be a client to the world, you cannot be a coach to the world. If you can only be a client to the one person that knows something and this is how life works, then that's how you think that you're going to get your clients, that you are the gatekeeper to this knowledge. And you're going to have that one free webinar on Wednesday that's going to show you the secrets of the world. And if you don't join my webinar, you're not, you know, and you're, it's screwed. Like, that's, you're screwed, right? And so that's where I've really really got it for myself and what a cool question man thank you so much for asking that i've never had that question asked there's one thing i really get about you the time we've spent together you are very loving very attentive um it's just reflecting on it like i can see you've always been interested you've always engaged and you've always been interested and try as you might you can't really fake that you can't really fake that. So I think it was perfect that you said, of course, that means you can 
be a coach to the world as well because I was just exactly thinking I think it's your your openness to the world that makes it easy for you to you know really connect with anyone well thank you that means a lot bud so who out there has influenced you the most do you think as far as your coaching goes who has influenced me wow I've had I mean I've had a lot of influences I mean some of my influences I have to say I mean I have to give a, a a big credit to Jamie Smart who was one of the original people that got me into you know NLP neurolinguistic programming I had his cards and he had a change of heart one day I remember in his newsletter, I mean, I could clearly remember he had said, hey, I'm selling my salad business. Uh, I, I found something different. And I, at first I was irritated because I was so invested in his stuff. And I was like, what the hell, man? What all of a sudden you're going to go <laughs> like rogue on us because, you know, like, what are you not going to make more cards or like what's going on here? Like, and so I was like, this is really strange. But I was so curious, right? <laughs> like this guy How just. How dare he has an, have an I, insight? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. What a disrespect, you know, like. <laughs> Do more, do like more NLP sentences and framing and pre-framing. What is going on here, man? You just screwed this whole thing up for me. And so you could tell, like you said, it was beautiful what you said. There was energy behind his change. I could see it. I saw something and I'm talking through an email, through like a special report that he'd have out. Like I remember he wrote a book called Effortless Evolution. And that blew my mind. I That was like something I think, you know, I can't speak for him, but I'll tell you something about he saw something different. He needed to get it out in the world. And you can see him like probably I could see him like typing at four in the morning. Like I caught something. And that was my, you know, and interestingly enough, I actually never worked with him one on one, although I've had dialogues with him now. And he's just as incredible as I thought he would be when I when I, you know, when I was learning from him. But when that shift happened, he relied heavily on seeing something new. But genuinely, not as a as a you know strategy. And I've never heard it the way he had put it. Like he ran with something that he didn't really know what it was yet. He shut down a business because of going into something that he isn't really sure of. And that was really weird for me because in NLP, you had an answer for everything. Like there was a phobia, here's a fast phobia cure. You had anxiety, here's three steps to fix anxiety. You have depression, here's how you can reframe or preframe that or whatever it was, right? And so all of a sudden, he went from that kind of mentality to, I found something and I'm learning about it. I'm figuring it out, but it's changed my life. And I want to share it with you guys. And it was, and it was the first time I heard it, like where you could really see that it really had an impact on him. Not a, I found a new strategy. Let me let me show you that this until I find a new one because that's what I was doing for a long time. You know, like I was getting impacted by each new strategy, and then going and sharing it and going, okay, I was wrong. Here's a, here's another one. And that was it for me. Jamie Jamie was the the catalyst uh, more than anybody. And uh, not because of what he, you know, put on his emails, but the energy behind what he had seen. That was the first time I saw something that someone pointing me into an unknown space and being excited about it. 
And that was something that I was not very comfortable with because if I didn't know it, I didn't research it, then I, it wasn't worth sharing with people. And after him, my coaching, there was a lot of I don't know. Someone who asked me, what would you do here, Amir, you know, Amir? And, and that was actually a legitimate answer now. I didn't yeah. know that was for a long time. Like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> Whereas before, I would say, well, let me get back to you. Oh, that was really a deep question. Well, let's sit on it, which was a cheap excuse for me to say, shit, I don't know what to tell you, <laughs> but I'm too afraid. So let's just sit in silence until you forget about the question or whatever it was. And so it was a genuine now it was like I don't know and that was a that was a great opening for for things to to happen. So Jamie had a big influence on me and of course my coaches like you know Steve Chandler, Rich Lipvin, Keith Blevins, you know some of the some of the Michael Neal, some of the some of the people that uh, have huge influences on me are those people as well, you know. A lot of what you've said um earlier on in our conversation is really about allowing ourselves to be more human it's really about allowing instead of trying to be somebody it's really just about allowing this condition that we call being human just allowing that out so i'm guessing there are times for you uh that you might feel desperate down lost what do you do When I'm desperate, down, and lost, I have probably the best thing that I can tell you, and I tell this at the recovery center as well. And are you ready? This is a this is coming from a you know someone who works at a recovery center and has got the you know I've seen I've seen desperate and down. Trust me. What I do when I'm desperate and down, and I'm lost, is I become desperate, down, and lost. And that is something that most people have never told me was okay to do. Because as soon as I was desperate and down, I thought I needed to get somewhere else. And no one's ever told me that that's okay for a little bit or for however long that it is. And at my recovery center, it's so magical for them to come in. I go, how are you, you feeling today? And they can say with a smile, it's been a shitty day. Because why they're smiling isn't because they're having a shitty day, because they finally had permission to have a shitty day without feeling guilt, without feeling anything else but the shitty moment or the day that they're feeling. And that is something, like I said, is is something that we, I don't know, as coaches, um, I know as coaches we hear, well, be who you are, do what you are, but try to have a you know positive you know spin at the end so you can you know sell it for something because you know if you don't have a positive thing at the end then you know how are you going to help other people <laughs> but the truth of the matter is when someone says i've had a shitty day so me too like that's that's cool with me now that's it like that that is my answer because a lot of times the question of itself is loaded like what what do you do because that's asking because surely there must be something to do to yeah. get out of where you're at, yeah. right? I know that's not what you were doing, but the question of itself is loaded because we don't say, well, what do you do when you're happy? <laughs> you go on with life when you're happy. Well, why, why don't you go on in life when you're desper desperate or sad? What's the difference? Why is happy, be feeling good any different to what you can do in life than when you feel like crap? I go on with life feeling like crap. That's what I do until I don't. And the truth of the matter is when I said that at the recovery center, everyone said, 
Well, yeah, I get that. Because that's really all we can do. What else can we do? I mean, granted, if it occurs to you to go read about why you feel that way, then go do that. If it occurs to you to go on a walk, then go do that. If it occurs to you to sit and cry and be in despair, well, go do that too. Because that's just what we do. And that's the, and if we can see the okayness of that in that moment, you're going to have another feeling eventually. And I'm not saying, so don't worry because the feeling you're in now is going to go away. What I'm saying is enjoy the feeling that you're in. I'd be bored at life. I mean, I always say I never want to go to heaven because I'm, if I'm happy all the time, <laughs> that'd be so boring. Right? I always say I as well. What's that? I would say you can't you can't have a an emotion or a feeling that you're not meant to have. It's not possible. Beautiful. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm you've mentioned the recovery center. I'm conscious of the time, so we're gonna wrap up shortly, but I'm 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 curious, what have you learnt the most really from working at a recovery center? What I've learned is that there are no one recovering that because we are all like you said there's no emotion that we're not meant to have we are all human that's the great equalizer what got them in there is the same mechanism that gets me into trouble with my wife when we fight that gets a ceo fired at a job because of you know the kind of thinking they're around or whatever is happening we all use the same mechanism they just happen to find relief with using a substance to get them out of that kind of thinking for a temporary time, right? And I always say to them, I say, well, you know, in a roundabout way, you guys had enough wisdom to get out of that that kind of thinking by using a, a drug. But to me, that's kind of, and, you know, I always tell them, that's kind of like getting rid of an engine because a check engine light came on, right? It'll probably get the check engine light to come, you know, stop coming on, but now you don't have an engine. Right. And so what I've realized with them is that they are in the same boat as everyone else. That's all it is. They're not broken. They're not they're not recovering. They just forgot the peace of mind that they've been given. They forgot that. And just sometimes we just get need to get reminded. Now what's useful for that is when I go in there I don't see them. I don't see myself going in a recovery center. I see myself with brilliant human beings that I'm going to have conversations with. And interestingly enough, as soon as I step out of a name that we've created called the recovery center, I have the same exact conversations with a mother, a father, a someone else. And that's when I say I have, I become the coach of the world because I don't step into a recovery center and see them in a different light any more than I see my friends in a different light. And how I got the job to begin with is because, you know, I don't have a background in recovery. I don't have a background. I'm not a psychologist. I'm a restaurant owner. But one of the counselors there had a question. So we just started talking about life. And he said, this stuff you're talking about life may be useful with the stuff I do with at the recovery center. Would you like to talk about the stuff you talk about with me to them? And I said, sure. So I started talking about life with them, and they got something out of it. So now I just talk about life with people. And some become long, long-time friends like you have, 
and some become clients and some become wives and some become my ch- some become my daughters and that to me is a wonderful l- l- way to spend my time on earth beautiful what a beautiful way to wrap this up amir it's always such a joy talking with you like i say um yeah you just you're just a, a wonderful beautiful person you and um I know you remind people what it's like to to enjoy life. So thank you for and thank thank God for you as well. Yeah. Thank you, man. I uh, I really appreciate you having me on this, and uh, yeah, thank you so much. And uh, if anyone wants to connect with me, uh, just to chat, whatever for whatever reason, not so you can be enrolled in coaching, uh, unless you want to. But uh, my wet my email is Amir at amirkarkudi.com and if you have a if wherever this is going to be at you can put It'll that on the there notes yeah cool that was going to be my last question damn okay oh okay <laughs> thank you amir thank you awesome thank you so much phil love you Oh, I always love talking with Amir. I think he has such a wonderful way of being. My experience of him has always been relaxed, playful, uh, tentative, and, and indeed insightful. And I'm sure it was that way uh, of being in him talking with his contact at the recovery center that got him his job there. And I'm totally in alignment, of course, with his view on what to do when we're feeling desperate, down and lost or or any other emotion. Just allowing it, knowing it's okay to feel whatever we feel. I really wanted Amir on this podcast to show you that being a coach just might not need to look like how you think it does. Amir is a great coach. He's a great, great coach. And that's not his only gig. Just like every coach I know, he explored and he found what works for him. And his gig is living and loving his life. And and that rubs off on people he spends time with. It, it rubbed off on me whilst recording this episode. And I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I did. So thank you once again for listening to the Coaching Life podcast. Do please get in touch with any feedback or questions about any of the episodes or any other ideas you might have about what we're doing here. Have fun in whatever you do. And as ever, I wish you much love and joy.